Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. But it's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll warm up to it slowly, you know. Yeah. We, you know, it's, it's all right. We're just jamming, as, uh, We're just jamming. as Jimi Hendrix said at the beginning of his performance at Woodstock. You can leave if you super session. You can leave if you want to. We're just jamming. Dave's yeah. never jammed with Matt. Matt's and a lot of people did leave. Rick. Rick's well, they left because he'd gone at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, the only people left there were. Well, it might be Jimmy Hendrix, pal, but it's six o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. It was the latest. Go to work. My son went home the other night. He lives in Shoreditch and he went home the other night and somebody tapped on the shoulder and said, Do you want to come and see a group? He just gave on stage. It was up as five in the morning, <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Mm. And there was a band, it was an all girl voodoo rockabilly group going on stage at half past five in the morning. That's good, isn't it? It's yeah. good. I, that's the sort of, I see, that's sort of pretty much the sort of gig I could go to these days because I'm sort of pretty much up there anyway. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, <laughs> all right, bring it on. Maybe that's the future. Go on More, the way to work. Morning gigs. Gigs yeah. on the way to gigs work. On the, you know what, a gig on the way to work would be a much better than a gig on the way home, wouldn't it? Much more attractive prospect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we're future for rock and roll there, I think. It is. Yeah. I want to test this. I think we've got a strange quorum here in this room. Um, which, and I'm going to conduct a survey live, okay? Mark Ellen. Have you got a microwave? I haven't got a microwave, Dave, because I pride myself in being able to cook. He says rather smugly. Ooh. Matt Hall, Ooh, Matt Hall, have you got a microwave? I haven't got a microwave, David, and I do have two children under the age of four. Okay. So normally that is the one time at which people say, oh, you need a microwave. Yeah. David Hepworth, have you got a microwave? No, I haven't. Okay, which just leaves. I'm glad you asked. Rob Fitzpatrick, <laughs> well, have you got a microwave? Uh, yes, I have. Oh! Yes, I have. Also, interestingly, that microwave in the uh, Word office is also mine. <laughs> I really? bought it in myself. Did you really? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, so thought, I thought you were, because your good lady wife is a, is a cooking yeah, professional. I, th- I thought yeah, you chef. wouldn't have her. No, 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 no. See, I think there's, I think there's uh, it's a misunderstood law of microwaves that uh, if you can cook, you don't have a microwave. Whereas, in fact... Or that you wouldn't actually cook with it, but for certain things, it's incredibly useful. So, uh, for instance... What's the overarching theory you're building to? No, it's just because I said, I said, you and I were the only people in the world who didn't have oh, microwaves. Right. And then Matt said, I haven't got one either. So I thought, we, we might get four people in a room. I have, however, been to... Been, uh, there's a pub somewhere on top of the Mendip Hills where, uh, on, the, on the menu, I was intrigued to see one time uh, chicken ding. <laughs> and we said to the woman behind the counter, "What's a chicken ding?" And she goes, "Well, we put it in the microwave, and when it goes ding, I had a hilarious story involving a microwave. I was uh, in Boston 
doing a job for uh, the Melody Maker once. Is I this Lincolnshire or Massachusetts? Oh no, Massachusetts <laughs> with uh, my with that most interesting group, Stereophonics. And I got back to my hotel room and I had a couple of scoops. <laughs> and uh, the hotel room had a microwave in it. And I've never ever been in a hotel room that had a microwave in it before. And so I was you really, availed yourself of the facilities. I went down to the. I went, I went down to his trousers. Oh, right. This is going to be incredible. <laughs> I uh, I went down to, I went down to the shop over the road and I and I bought you know some fags and a drink and I bought a pie and I took the pie back up, put it in the microwave, and sat there with one hand over my eye and watched it spin round for four minutes. And took it out, realised I didn't have anything to eat it with, ate it with my room key. <laughs> True story. True story. Tiny little portion. Yeah, tiny little portion with my room key. Oh, I didn't have it was too hot. I was a little bit drunk. Yeah. yeah. So, so all the burning. When, when you woke up in the morning, what did the room look like? Uh, looked like an abattoir. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something I'm proud of. I feel it's, it's good to share. I'm glad you shared that. Do you feel better? I do. I feel yeah. I feel it's something a little one thing less on my soul. I feel better. You know, I feel better because I've just confessed in print in uh, Word magazine that I got the name of a Led Zeppelin song wrong know, in an yeah. article I wrote in Word magazine. Yeah. What I feel better today. Cool than, well, uh, to be fair, I called Call it chirpy, the song. Chirpy, cheap, cheap. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't quite as bad as that. I called the song uh, "Your Life." I called it. Well, it's actually for your life. It's track two of Presents. Yeah. As any fool uh, know, as we all the nineteen seventy-six classic. I call yeah. it "Your Life." Yeah. Well, that's I'm terrible. Doing it for, well, no. You see, I think it is terrible because if you read an article about the the, the Beatles, there was a song called "Fields Forever," David. <laughs> you'd think, what kind of monkey wrote this piece? <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna was, petrol bomb his office. Still Strawberry pudding forever. That'd Strawberry pudding forever. Yeah. When the Louvre breaks. <laughs> when the Louvre breaks. <laughs> yeah. No, well, our office has been, uh, well, uh, Rob will testify this, has been barricaded by angry Led uh, Zeppelin fans for some time, feeling that they deserve to go to concert more than I do. So it was a fair point and well made. Although and, quite violently. Rock and roll mop herring. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> every fishmonger's favourite Led Zeppelin song. This is good. Go. This is the word podcast. Uh, Tiny Boy Dell has been in touch. He only discovered the word podcast about ten days ago. Okay, and you know what he's done? He's over the last two weeks. He's, I've been immersing myself in constant playback. He's <laughs> listened to thirty-eight. My wow. word, podcast. Have there been thirty-eight? In two, well, there's been more than thirty-eight yeah. on the map. There's been thirty-eight really, really. weekly ones. Yeah, so it wow. goes back further than that. Wow. Uh, so he's <laughs> listening to them on the tube. On the train, in the car. He's got severe side effects. You know, he, everybody in his life thinks he's absolutely mad. You know, I literally he's, love he's, this guy. He says, I'm quickly aroused by the sound of a husky female Welsh accent. Hello. So oh, yeah. Jude Rogers, oh, come on home. home. We'll have Hello, to, we'll have to get him back. <laughs> Jude here. <laughs> How <laughs> to impersonate Jude? How to impersonate That's great. Yeah. Uh, Tell her hilarious stories about shaking Stevens' yeah, next door neighbour. Yeah. Further feedback from the website wordmagazine.co.uk in the last week. Last week saw the death of a, an individual who's very famous and not famous for his rock connections, which is Jeremy Beadle. Mm. Um, who was the promoter of which festival was Bickershaw. it? Bickershaw. Bickershaw. Oh, I found photographs when I was at the Mojo magazine. So how far ago. back is Bickershaw? Bickershaw was 1971, I think. 1971, 72, can't remember. 72, May 72, I think. Grateful Dead. Yeah, Grateful Dead. And I found some photographs. And they are, of course, it does, there is an amazing photograph of Bickershaw of a dead plane. 
a photograph from the scaffolding behind them. And in the front row, God bless him, aged, I think, 16, is a, a, a positively identifiable, is Elvis Costello. D.P. McManus. D.P. McManus. They're grooving quietly to their version of me and my uncle. And apparently Joe Strummer was there also. Strummer the young, was there. The young Joe yeah. Strummer. A Beatle, aged 24. I found photographs of aged 24. It's pretty amazing, actually, because the older you get, the more mm. impressed you are that people, uh, you know, promoted a rock festival at the age of 24. I was 24. I was sitting around drinking cider and yeah. trying to be fun. <laughs> at rock festivals. At rock festivals. I was actually <laughs> sitting at rock festivals <laughs> laughing at people yeah. like Jeremy Beadle going, what, what a strange Especially when uh, promoting a rock festival in uh, 1970-1972 incredibly more difficult than it would be today well it's not everyone, you know it's, yeah, it's, it's no, it's easy no I agree I think it's a bit like getting into a little dinghy and saying I'm mm. going to row to New Zealand but yeah. I don't quite know which direction to set off in but we'll see what happens yeah. give it a whirl I yeah. a few sandwiches a thermos of soup mm. because you know no one had written any maps yeah. for these things and they had a terrible time didn't they I also oh, really. found uh, on the website webmagazine.co.uk um, a ticket for the the Bath Festival 1970 oh yeah Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd, Jefferson uh, Country Joe and the Fish, yeah. Jefferson Airplane. It just goes on forever. How much was the ticket? Six and eight. <laughs> I don't know, I'm guessing. A bit more than that. It was 50 shillings. That's not bad. So it's £2.50. That's not bad at anyway, all. It's, and how much is a Glastonbury ticket? No, That's unbelievable. Glastonbury was it three figures? One seven five. It's really yeah. new, nearly yeah. £200. Yeah, yeah. Pounds. Extraordinary. Anyway, um, talk to Jeremy Beadle. Uh, Archie Valparaiso is a regular poster on the... On, his real name? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Valparaiso. Valparaiso's boy. boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the Valparaiso's regular, of uh, Lincolnshire. Regular poster on the site. He, he says that he reckons the reason that Jeremy Beadle was not, you know, clutched to the bosom of the, yeah. uh, of the hip fraternity was that he fell foul, okay, of, of a great law of show business. Which is what he calls the curse of the tidy beard. It's very true. That's a good point. It's I a think. very, very true. I've heard and this he deal. says that I've never heard this before. No, that's good. Yeah. He says we mistrust naturally people who've got uh, carefully, you know, yeah. manicured beards. Like With good reason. Noel Edmonds. Yeah. No. Like Richard, Richard Branson. Branson. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whereas George David Mike. Bellamy, we love him. Oh, yeah. We love him. Yeah. Richard Thompson. Yeah. We love him. Jeff Lynn, wrong kind of beard. Yeah. 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 Interesting, is it? My theory is, yeah, you can trust somebody with 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 an unkempt beard. Yeah, you? I, I would, I would, I think. Robert I, Wyatt. Yeah, I would be happily mm. accept um, an offer of uh, life insurance from a member of ZZ Top, mm. uh, Alan Moore. I yeah. think, or possibly the lead singer of the Magic Numbers. I, I would. Yeah. I think these guys are not trying to out outsmart me. <laughs> yeah, but the moment you see that carefully groomed beard, well, babe, you know, you're on red alert. It's um, <laughs> it's it's all about male vanity, isn't it? Really, oh, and for I someone don't... who. It's a, I think we fi- I think we fundamentally find that idea untrustworthy that someone would spend that much time. Man who looks at himself. I yeah, agree. Spend I, too I much once time trimming. Uh, you know, if you don't have a beard, that's fine. Or have a beard, but don't. You know, I thought see, I quite like a this beard. Is, so, this is you know, this is the foundation of my terrible idea. prejudice against goths. Oh, don't stop. Because. Me. Goths have spent an unbelievable amount of time yeah. grooming their gothness, haven't as, they? As an ex-goth. Come on, as how, is it, how is it in your oh, that's our, in Now recovery. we're getting to it. It's Go the on. fact you're an ex-goth. In recovery. Say, in recovery. You're never did you really right? no, just I'm, still I didn't that. I'm still a goth, I just don't practice. I didn't know that. So, Rob, did you? Answer this question. Did you? Actually, you're not a practicing goth. I've got there are pictures. I have, I have very Did long you, black Can I describe hair. your bedroom to you and see if I'm anywhere near right? You can. Right, one. Was there any tinfoil? No, I didn't. No, I never oh, went okay, anywhere. Okay, no, no, right. I didn't, I didn't Was it there. painted entirely black? No, it wasn't. Oh, God. No, see, I didn't Did know. Did you have a rubber spider? No, 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 no. Oh, I right. didn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not just guessing. No. Oh, no, no, no. The no. little skull. 
Oscar. Uh, there might have been a little scar it. somewhere, but Come I didn't. On. I didn't really. I wasn't. This is this is this is the sort of mid eighties. Can I? Can I? Can this I is pre Matrix. Poor old Rob. Can't say. Is that the faint smell of patchouli? No, never liked patchouli oil. Who's your favourite room? Was it the Neff? No, no, Neff was. No, that's no Sister Mercy. Thought about Sister. Sister Mercy for me. Cure Sister Mercy, Alien Sex Fiend. Did you have an angle you know. length? But then as a goth, you also you see there was Dick and Dance, there was Cocteau Twins. Were you living at home at the time, Rob? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, God. Yeah, if, I know, if I know Rob, yeah, if you he was the only goth yeah. who used to come home every night yeah. at about six o'clock and go, what's for tea, Mum? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Probably laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm a goth. I'm not hungry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not hungry Shit. at all. Actually, I'm not hungry. Uh, have you ever seen a film called The Record? Have you seen a film called Little Miss Sunshine? Uh, no, I oh, well, as the, the the teenage boy from his sunshine. Film. It's a fantastic film. He's, in, he's not actually a goth, but he's in that same gothic state mm. of mind where he hates his parents and mm. stuff. And so he won't speak. He's, he's taking a vow of silence, oh, and he only communicates <laughs> by writing things on bits of paper and holding them up. And, stuff. <laughs> and I feel goth should uh, take a lead yeah. out of that man's book. Probably the way forward. Anyway, where were we? Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> any more goth confessions, Rob? Or you prefer to pass over? A magazine, a website, a podcast. The word. My son, uh, my son comes home from Leeds the other night. Home a goth. He, he'd been <laughs> not a goth. No, um, home he hasn't gone gothic. He hasn't gone gothic. And he said, last night I went to see British Sea Power, and I mm. said, how was that? He said, well, it was stopped a little prematurely, and I said, why? And he said that the trumpet player climbed to the top of the PA stack, playing a solo. Did you know this? No. Mm. Yes, yeah, and illegal. twelve feet, so twelve feet high PA stack, presumably on, on stage or what? Is it even higher? And just decides that at the climax of his trumpet solo, while playing a piercing top C or whatever, <laughs> he is going to dive headfirst, trumpet first, trumpet. <laughs> teeth directly behind them. It's the yeah. trump, oh, trumpet voluntary. Sorry. You've got to be quick. You've got to be near the microphone, Matt. He decides he's going to leap off the top of the PA stack into the welcoming arms good of idea. the good citizens of, didn't check his tour itinerary, Leeds. Uh, yeah. Nobody in Leeds no. catches anybody who falls. No. The, the students of Leeds, the students of Leeds, took they'd, one step back. They'd be wandering around the streets picking up people all the time. They? <laughs> That's right. They love a drink in Leeds. He hit the ground. <laughs> Trumpet first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, seriously. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm perfectly serious. The guy could have died. Couldn't car, he? Take that, Miles Davis. The rest of the band <laughs> looked a bit. Looked just a bit, imagine you know, fragments of teeth just falling <laughs> out with a kind of wah, wah, wah. The rest of the band completed the number, you know, and then brought proceedings to a close. There's actually a picture on the BBC website taken by one of the good citizens of Leeds who decides. Rather than call an ambulance, let's get out the mobile phone and let's take a picture of the poor prone figure, you know, death's door. Um, And, you know, they come and take him away. He spends a night in hospital. He misses one gig. This guy's got Phil Sumner. One gig, and he's back rejoining the tour. He's here the day after. Can Can you believe that? That's a good man. um, Aren't they a four-piece? Yeah, they are. I think he's an extra. He's an extra. Oh, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah. You always get another one. Yeah, hire World's full of trumpet players, isn't it? Surely. So, Rob, in your, in your rocking days, did you ever go for the stage dive? Did you ever no, leap uh, out into the audience? No, I never leapt out into... I was never really enough of an audience to leap into, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> yeah, well, they, or if they were, they were a long way. I'd have to go chase I mean, I'd have to really run to the end of the stage and hope for it. I could go 30 miles. I felt very cheated one day, talking of, uh, talking of climbing the, uh, the um, PA stands. 
stacks. When I went to see U2 at the Colston Hall in Bristol um, a long, long time ago. That would be a long time ago. Um, And Bono climbed up the PA stack and climbed onto the um, lip of the balcony, the edge of the balcony, and ran all the way around. And downstairs, in the pit, that must have looked fantastic. But for those of us upstairs who saw the roadie hanging on to Bono's belt Mm. as he legged it round the side. Thoughts premeditated and (laughs) a bit of a ponce. (laughs) (laughs) Never been said about Bono before. uh, I don't know. Have I ever mentioned on the podcast, I probably have, the occasion of Bruce Springsteen at Wembley Stadium, the old Wembley Stadium, afternoon gig, presumably 1985, something like that. Lunatic gets out of audience, somehow gets past security, climbs the PA stack at... Well, it climbs the entire rigging, you know mm. what I mean? You know, you know how big that is at Wembley? And goes right to the top. Mm. And, and kind of dances along the top, the kind of curtaining that's across the top. Oh, I remember this, yeah. Everybody, 80,000 people in Wembley Stadium could see it. Security men could see it. Backstage crew could see it. Promoter could see it. Police could see it. Who couldn't see it? The musicians. Mm, yeah, yeah. They, they, it was completely invisible to them. And so nobody was paying any attention to them playing these two numbers. They're just thinking, that guy... He's going to kill himself. You know what I mean? Mm. He's going to ruin my day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you must be able to feel this sudden sort of lack yeah, of enthusiasm. Yeah, you must be able to feel What have we done wrong? It was absolutely bizarre, kind of. But also, separation of experience. I'm not casting light on this. It could have been a Curtis Mayfield situation where something from very heavy from that lighting could have quite easily fallen on the stage, and as with Curtis Mayfield, kind of severely injured. Absolutely. Took him a long time to die as well, didn't it? People yeah, don't do that stuff yeah. anymore, do they? Is it health and safety? I remember the Alex Harvey. Do you remember the Alex, sensational <laughs> Alex Harvey band? Go on. Does that date me a bit, doesn't it? Everyone's giving me a funny look. Anyway, I was, I was I, I three. remember. I was, I was only three Brown. years old, yeah. <laughs> but he used to get with Nebworth in 1971. He used to climb up into the actually the light, lighting uh, scaffolding and just sort of hang upside down and sing. And I thought that was sensational. Really. Booze related? He what? Booze related. Probably booze related, yeah. yeah. And the poor old boy isn't related. with us anymore. No. And, uh, you know, so there may be a lesson to be learned. <laughs> Has anybody ever manhandled a rock star who leapt into the audience? Have you ever held, found yourself holding a bit of a, of a legend as they're kind of passed around? You know, Bruce Springsteen and people like that. Used to, I don't think he still does it. Probably back plays him up or whatever. But Peter Gabriel, you see these pictures yeah, of being, sort of being kind around. of passed around oh, yeah. the audience, as they're saying. Never, nobody ever found themselves kind of... Clutching the bomb of Kate Bush or anything like that? No. You've got to be... Uh, oh, maybe uh, in your private life, I don't know. <laughs> you've got to be in, in your fantasy. You've got, to be in a, you've got to be in the mosh, though, haven't you? To you've got to be in the mosh, in, yeah. in, in, in contention, I guess. Yeah. yeah they don't, Not in the restricted new seat. They don't the go all the way up to the gods, <laughs> yeah. winching Bruce got, Springsteen up to the, the floor. Up to the, up to the backstage bar. So people can so touch his gym shoes. Go, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm having a pint, Bruce. Another thing that's sadly doesn't happen anymore it's the, it's the walkabout by the musician oh yeah in, in the audience yeah Guy from didn't the guy from Nine Below Zero used to have a really, really oh, yeah. long lead? Yeah, used to, oh, uh, the harmonica player Mark yeah. Feltham. Get get off the stage and wander around and go like, home. Take the bus home. Or <laughs> to eat, and yeah. they come back. And there's that brilliant bit in um, um, David Crosby's autobiography when uh, he's imbibed off. Um, the old LSD and gone to see John Coltrane. Not a wise idea. <laughs> on the other hand, one of the best ideas yeah, ever. Possibly. <laughs> no. And Could it go all gets way. a bit much. Could go either way. It yeah. all gets a bit much for the cross. So yeah. he goes into the bathroom at the back of the club and mm. throws some water on his face. Yeah, that'll help. And he thinks something very strange is happening because the music's getting louder. Mm. And then he's in the corner and 
bang, open the, the door flies open, and in walks cold rain. So anyway, <laughs> no! <laughs> and, and, and Crosby basically spends the next three hours in a fetal ball underneath the sink. <laughs> um, Only Crosby. You take these drugs would, and the music comes to you. Exactly. That's right. I, so, I sense that there's something, there's a, there's a new uh, strand here, which is, it can only happen to Crosby. <laughs> and uh, all these things that happen. Only David Crosby in a position where he's at a gig, high on LSD, Hiding in the toilet is so high, and John Coltrane walks in yeah. and freaks him out. That's, who else? Not a member of China Crisis. No, no, not China Crisis. No, no. not Jimmy the Hoover. No, which is a well-known musician. <laughs> yeah. John what else? Jimmy Crosby. Crosby. Did you read his autobiography? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, but it, and it's one of the funniest. I don't know if you've read that. But it's called Long Time Gone, mm. and basically, he has a ghostwriter writer, but the ghostwriter basically covers the years 1968. To 1982, mm. and the other bits Crosby can remember. Mm. You're right. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's great. Right. The big, big Isn't Crosby the something like the biological father of two of twins? Yeah, by, with, a, uh, by a girl. Oh, I tell you, Melissa Reference. You're right. Yeah, he is. There must be as if life were insufficiently complex. Cross has got the father, two children. Yeah, but yeah, it'd be really funny to interview Crosby and ask him a bunch of questions about his life. You know, one of these facts, like do 99% true with Crosby. You know. One of these is made up. Which yeah. one is it, David? I don't think he'd know, would he? No. Would I don't think he would know. I don't think, of course, he's got something he's else's really liver, He's a really good 99% he's got liver, yeah. He's yeah. something else's liver, which is very yeah. peculiar. In fact, we're talking, Rob and I were talking about something this morning. We were talking about Jack Bruce. I interviewed Jack Bruce when mm. he came out of the hospital about two, three years ago. He had a liver transplant. We were wondering whether or not <clears throat> the liver that you had transplanted into you, did it, did it in any way affect your desire to drink? Yeah. And did it come from a teetotaler, for example? In which mm. case, would you have any... Kind of, is this rubbish? Probably. No, Powerful no, thirst. Powerful thirst. But it's rather peculiar to think that Yes, yeah, you know. It is there really. You go. The word. So, Rob and Mark, this week you've been out. Oh, yeah. Been let out. Not off. Oh, we you have. Been, <laughs> yeah. Not been, off. You've been to the Radio 2 Folk Awards. We're our annual night out. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's so much fun. How, late, say, how late does it go on the Radio 2 Folk Awards? Does it finish about 8 o'clock so you can get home? Uh, mm. no, yeah, a I horse mean, and cart with some, <laughs> some bales on it comes to collection. Yeah. Man, my man with bells attached to his toes. <laughs> yeah. And a pile of hair. mangle <laughs> in case you're hungry. He passes you a, a pint of beer with a piece of turf floating in it and some twigs and, and some leaves. Well, a glass of turnip like wine. Like, turn it, fine turnip yeah. wine. It is actually well, those little terribly, I can't say things like that because they clay pipe, a yeah. church warden pipe. Because actually, not like that at all. No. In fact, very, very much the opposite. But uh, and it is an absolute. I think it's an absolutely fantastic event. When did it take well, place? It will be played. I can't remember when now. I don't know on Radio Two. Uh, they're, they're uh, I think it's, I think it's, it's tonight. Is it tonight? tonight? I think, it's Wednesday. Well, yeah. Tonight, yeah. Would have been by the time you by the magic of but podcast, you probably on the by the magic yeah, of the BBC's yeah. iPlayer or whatever. Um, uh, you can probably yeah, you catch will. Up yeah, you will. Anyway, I think it's fair to say when you do hear it, if you do hear it, I can bet you. I know where you're going. Proper money that that one bit won't appear in it. Actually, so if I was editing it, it wouldn't be there, and that would be the introduction to the whatever it was the yeah. uh, best uh, what was it the best musician of the year I got it, what, yeah, oh, I Steve Harley Steve Harley who Steve was the musician of the year Oh, was oh, Andy, Andy Cutting? Cutting. Yeah. Andy Cutting? Yeah, yeah. who's a um, squeeze box operative. Licensed. Super bloke. He was sitting yeah, at the next table to us and he bought a lot. He's all son, isn't he? I love that. Look Alfie. at that at a Rock Awards day. Alfie, was it? A little guy called Alfie, about three or four months old, yeah, three months, watching yeah. his dad go oh, and get awards. But I would have thought it might have dented his dad's night out the phone that he only yeah. had Steve Harley from Cockney Rebel, yes. which is the most badly judged speech I've it ever was heard. The, yeah, it was the worst speech ever delivered, ever. At any award ceremony, 
No, I really that's, was un- that's fighting talk. No, well, it's, that that's not funny. true. Because, and it's weird because, in fact, yeah, only on this podcast last week or the week before, we were talking about members of Blur and their, yeah. oh, uh, yes, their course, inability yeah. to speak in public. And yeah. bizarrely, Graham Coxon stepped up to the microphone yeah. and, thing and made one of the best speeches. Yeah, he did. A fantastic ever. speech. Yeah. It was simply beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure most of this will be edited out. But he was introducing Shirley Collins. And it was all about how he'd, he'd taped. It was so sweet, wasn't yeah, it? He'd well, taped, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a little cassette tape of an Andy Kershaw program yeah. from Radio 1 in 1982, I think it was. And on it was... Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians, yep. um, Tallulah Gosh, Tallulah Gosh, and then a song he couldn't <laughs> identify, but he listened to it over and over and over again. He said, "I wore out the cassette yeah. tape in my in my gradual realization that it must be folk music." Mm. And he said, "It smelled of English moss, yeah, so and, mo- moss uh, and, and damp." damp yeah. wasn't it? it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. He was building up the show. Yeah, it was really, really good. But really anyway, good. most of the, it's interesting because most of the people who come from the rock world, like uh, John Paul Jones of Led yeah. Zeppelin and uh, Graham Cox and Phil Collins, was mm. there. They make a the first thing they do is they hold the hand up and make it quite clear that they have a right to be there because they have some kind of folk credentials. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sir David Attenborough, in fact, was there last year. Yeah. And I think, well, did he sit around listening to Pentangle? You know, well, he did. Cross legged and yeah, put a skin together. Bang on I don't know. Pentangle a bit. But in it? fact, he told this wonderful story yeah. about being at the BBC at the yeah, time yeah. of you and McCall, McCall's when he was broadcast yeah. and, and how close he came to these guys. How much he Love the music, but um, but Harley, Harley, Harley. Does, does the reverse thing. So going up and saying, Harley. "Believe me, I really do like folk music. That's why I'm here. I'm so pleased to be asked." He goes, "Huh? How did he start?" He says, I'm like, well, he thought, what he just, well, no, because there's more to it than what he said. It's the way he said it as well." Yeah, it's sneering. I suppose you like folk music, <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my god!" The whole room, the whole, the whole, everyone in the room, the oh, whole room, the whole room just, been just buoyed believe. up on this yeah. sort of warm air of joy and pleasure, and oh, isn't it lovely? And everybody loves the folk awards, and everybody there spends the whole night going, "Aren't the folk awards amazing?" Just and they are. And then Harley walks, stumbles on, suddenly all the atmosphere goes. Yeah, and it is like someone just slashed the balloon with a knife, and everyone went, "Oh!" And then people just don't know how to react to it, so they watch this, "Oh, oh, you really do like folk music?" As if this was astonishing. Yeah, you know, I mean. I don't know, a thousand people have turned up at mm. the Folk Awards and <laughs> yeah. have been applauding and standing on their chairs yeah. and shouting <coughs> and yelling and, and it seems to be... Really enjoying the music. Because his old one is, hello, I'm not a folk musician, I'm from the rock world. Yeah. Which actually is nonsense. Steve, if Steve Arliss <laughs> from the rock world, they so much. Yeah. <laughs> Says my mother. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's been on a rock record a But then he, says, he said this thing about, oh, he said he made a real effort to fit in. He said, I'm wearing uh, casual shoes and I haven't had a shave. He thought that would go down really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good line. Absolute that was actually his best line. Yeah, his best line. He could have had a mouse pissing on no, the joke's too bad. No, the joke. Well, well jo- go on, have a crack. Come on, give him a joke. The chances are no one will actually be able to hear it. They won't be able to hear it, it would be cut The joke. Shall I do the joke? Yeah, go on. Do the joke. Listen, the joke's too bad. Do the joke. Let me do the joke. Let me say that this is literally. The worst joke ever. In fact, it's not even a joke. It's not even so, a joke. So Steve Harley's there, and he's going blah blah blah. Oh, you idiots like folk music. Blah blah blah. Everyone's going. Oh my god, kill me now. Kill me, um, now. Kill me literally kill me now. <laughs> and uh, and so he's banging on, and he says, oh, "Yeah, I got a phone call on the mobiles in Russia." And I don't. Why does he talk like that? Why do you talk like that? You don't talk like that. Don't be an idiot. He you did from like Dagenham or something. Yeah, I was in the tour in Russia. It's like he's a Mick Jagger here. Yeah, it <laughs> was. Yeah, out of it. Anyway, so, so and he goes, uh, yeah. And I said, oh yeah. Well, I always teach my kids. Yeah, the answer to everything's yes. So all right. So I said, yeah, I do. I said, yeah, the folk awards. Yeah, all right. So I'll do it. And I went home and I spent... Like, should I do the whole thing in that voice? Or maybe do it in that voice, I'm enjoying that. I, spent, I, I went yeah. home and I spent three weeks watching pornography. 
listening to the soundtrack. And everyone, listening to the soundtrack, and everyone went, oh, right. Brief flicker of interest. Going, Brief know. flicker of interest. Talk, uh, no, and I was listening to the soundtrack, and uh, yeah, it was nothing surprised me there. This is this is the bit that I wanted to eat my own shoes. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, that the thing is, right? I toured with a rock band in the seventies. We wrote the book. And oh. Like, oh, did he actually say that? Yes, he did. It's oh god, it hurts. Oh, you know, I, 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 that, that I we wrote mean. the book. I'm surprised the old bread rolls started. <laughs> I know. Then, so he goes, anyway, so he goes, oh, 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 listen to pornography, blah, 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 uh, listening to all the soundtracks. And then just as, I, and then he sort of bottled it because he realised it was so bad. And, he, and the joke was so bad. He goes, and then I realised that it was the Folk Awards. Not the F-U-C-K. I know, I know. Your look no, of consternation the, the folk is musical entirely awards. justified. You honestly do it was just horror. Yeah, it was horror. You know, it was ho- it made the sandwiches were just curling up in your plate with embarrassment. Yeah, they? it made <laughs> your roof tiles. You hear that noise like? Distant church bell. Church yeah. bell. <laughs> you can hear rooks. Yeah. The tumbleweed. Everyone in the audience just strung an imaginary yeah. rope around the neck. Yes. And went, Over a raft. <laughs> a large <laughs> spectral figure with a scythe appeared behind him and just gave him the old. Just Beckham with a bony finger. Harley, your time's up. Walk. I'm going to ask you a serious question, though, about the Folk Awards, uh, which I've never been to. But I'll read about them. And oh, you, you, love you them. tell, me, tell right. me about them. Isn't it an indicative, though? of the great chip on their shoulder that the, uh, that the folk community have got, and Radio 2 have got about it as well, that they always have to get kind of rock stars, no matter how minor, to come along and legitimise these people by handing out the awards. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't convince people that John Martin's a brilliant musician by getting Phil Collins along. You know what I mean? You, or whoever, whoever Steve Harley gave his, his award to. They've always done this, haven't they? they? They got Mark Knopfler to go Richard Thompson. You, yeah. you know what I mean? As if... As if the, it's got to be related not, to kind it, of mainstream. But is, yeah, but is that not just a way of? Uh, I mean, I don't think that's that's not the folk community's fault, is it? That's not. I mean, no, they, they don't choose, choose it. It's Radio Two. Yeah, but I, I think I think the Steve Harley thing was was a very bad. So I don't decision. Agree, but I, I, I think, Steve, yeah, I think yeah. Steve Harley is. He's a Radio 2 presenter. Yeah, no, he would have been fielded by Radio 2. He's the guy who they would assume would have known the importance of the Folk Awards, so they wouldn't need to tell him. I know, he has a Radio 2 programme called Sounds of the 70s. Actually, I think that, I mean, Phil So he would have been fielded by Radio 2 as a good idea for extending the Radio 2 brand. No, but going back to your question, I don't know if I agree with you. Because, A, I mean, as you know, Dave, you and I both organised awards in the past. You know, your job is to get a bit of publicity and give it another dimension by having people from the outside world. Now, if Richard Thompson gets an award and his award is presented to him by Kate Rosby, right. I haven't learned anything that I haven't already anticipated, yeah, 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 which is that yeah. Kate Rosby grew up listening to Richard Thompson. Yeah. But if it's presented by, um, you know, a member of the Claxons or, uh, yeah. you know... Uh, yeah. That's an idea for next year. <laughs> that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. I, I'll bet, you, I'll bet you that happens yeah. next year. Or Lulu. Yeah. Or, no, uh, <laughs> no it just... I think, you know, or Hugh Cornwall from The Stranglers. Then yeah. you're thinking, well, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah. Adrian Edmondson came on last year. I know he's yeah. a showbiz uh, character. But he told this just absolutely wonderful story about his relationship with, with Phobia yeah, when he was yeah, a kid. Because yeah, yeah. like, you know, lots of people like, like me, I'm a really good example. I was, I was as excited about Pentangle in 1968 as I was about the Jimi Hendrix experience, actually. Mm. I was equally excited about yeah. them both. Um, but just for years, you weren't really allowed to talk about the Pentangle side of things for, for fear of being brutally duffed up in public <laughs> by an angry lynch mob. <laughs> but I mean, I think also, like with Phil Collins, I mean, he did sort of, uh, fair play to it, I think that Phil Collins, here's an idea, I think that Phil Collins is, should be let back in 
and we should let him off. And say, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Listen, I mean, you know, he's, he, come back in. You're welcome, Phil. Come on in, join us. We're having good fun over here. Don't worry about the other stuff. It's okay. It's all. Phil Collins' speech, but was he was great. He was he had a great speech. And he, he went, "Look, I know you probably all sort of. You all think I'm an idiot." But as he said, I imagine you think, uh, uh, children, please come here. As he said, yeah. imagine you, you're all wondering what the fuck is he doing here. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, to which point, uh, somebody on my table shouted out, "Too true!" Yeah. Like I said, yeah. that was bad. John Paul Jones. Was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it wasn't John Paul. No, Jones. but what he actually said was very funny because he, he, he went, he went madly the other way. Yeah, it was, was his opportunity was very to, to get across how rock and roll it was. And he yeah. was there to introduce John Martin. Yeah. And, uh, who he has worked with extensively yeah. and toured with a lot and been mates for a long time. That's right. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I mean, they're, I they're quite know. good mates. And basically, they, they became mates when they'd both uh, uh, been divorced, which I think has happened to, uh, to both of them quite a few times, actually. But anyway, one of these uh, divorces coincided. Don't tread on my horror. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Oh, you got to Later on, we have a Phil Collins horror. So uh, just... Oh, all right. Uh, no, no. Well, this is me, I'm sure. But okay, this is... No, fine. no. Well, just, if it is, just give me the red light, David. I'll back off. But, uh, <laughs> but no, you said he was over in Ireland, wasn't he? Lean over this and album. <laughs> Hands off my horror. Yeah. No, he said he was over in Ireland making this album with uh, John Martin. Wasn't he? he said it was so funny because it was very bonding because uh, they yeah. cut a couple of tracks, got to put the kettle on, and both phones would go, and it'd be both their ex-wives yeah. giving them a right old shit, yeah, 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 a right, yeah. right old hairdryer, yeah. and they'd put the phones down. <laughs> yeah. And then they would obviously embark on all-night sessions involving alcohol, and Phil was dropping very heavy hints that there was a bit of, I suppose, what we'd have to call bugle. In bugle, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, bugle. Yeah. And it was just rather, it was actually rather a sweet idea, these yeah. two old guys getting absolutely stocious yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every yeah. night. I'm moaning about the old ex-lady yeah. wife. Yeah. I thought it was quite funny. Really. No, yeah. I've got well, nothing against Phil Collins. I no, think Phil yeah. Collins will be, we've discussed this before, Rob, haven't we? Mm. Rehabilitated yeah, I think it's by true. the hit community. Yeah. I, you know, the, the loads of hip-hop Artists yeah. be a dance really remix. admire Phil Collins. No, they do, don't yeah. they? Do they? There's been a hit. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Album. Tribute album. It's a really yeah. sure. But I mean, yeah. do also. Yeah, but yeah, it's not by Snoop Dogg. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can listen to how much the drum tracks and so yeah. forth have been sampled. Sue, 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 by the Wu Tang Clan. EPMD, I we were huge. I think you made that one. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, Ghost no, face killers version. But also, of, uh, I think that someone attack the giant hogweed. You know, also, he's got. <laughs> That's he would have that's some different. very right. interesting stories to tell. Not least of which, with the you know, he told three. He told very interesting stories in the three minutes he spent introducing uh, John Martin. And you think, you know, for, for whatever crimes he's committed, he's yes, also <laughs> been through some very lived through some very interesting times. But rock music is like that. There are yeah. certain people who appear to have committed crimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stings, yeah. one of them. Sting, yeah, yeah. We once read a piece in, in yeah. uh, Word about, I don't know, a couple of years, Rob wrote actually a couple of years ago, and it was, um, it, it was basically 20 people who can do no right, yeah. 20 people who can do no wrong. Yeah. And, uh, I, and you can change that list around a bit, mm. but uh, broadly they stay the same, actually. Mm. It's, it's Captain pretty... Beefar, yeah. if, you, if you say anything bad about Captain Beefar you know, in right-thinking society, you're literally taking That's partly yeah. because it's 20 years since he did yeah. anything. Yeah. Really, isn't it? Probably. Uh, uh, my, my, my eldest son has a great technique for going into record shops. He goes to the very cool record shops. And he goes yeah. straight. If he hasn't been in there before, he goes straight up to the desk. He says, "Hey, mate, got any um, Captain Beefheart?" Yeah. Apparently, you ask for Captain Beefheart, they immediately make a real fuss for you. Think, oh, oh yeah. this guy really knows his stuff. Yeah. It's a good, oh, good trick, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even so, if you're not interested. Got any Captain? Isn't, isn't Phil Collins' great sin that he said he'd leave the country if Labour got into power in 1997? Oh yeah, but you know, that's so right. So for 11 years, everyone voted Labour, and that's right. Yes, it really, really yeah. offended all the hardcore socialists <laughs> among, among the rock and roll yeah, yeah. centre. Yeah. So, um, Shirley Collins got an award. Oh, I love Shirley Collins. Shirley Collins, what a story. Uh, Shirley she, Collins, how old? She, uh, Let's not be ungallant. Uh, but how old? Well, no, not, she's not that old. Since uh, 
all? No, 68, 70? Yeah, about, yeah, very late 60s. She was very young right. when she started. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah, made, sure. uh, and, uh, when she recorded uh, Folk Roots, she was only about what, 22 then, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was. Yeah. I, I, when I uh, spoke to her afterwards and I said, hello, Shirley. Because that's sort of what you do when you're a journalist. Hello, Shirley. That's <laughs> uh, very good. You're, Don't uh, let the secrets little, out, Rob. Little, little tip from the top Professional there. tip Hello, there. Shirley. I'm from a magazine. And she went, oh, hello, Rob. And she held my hands. So she held both hands like that with her hands and looked at me like that. And it was like your favourite auntie who hasn't seen you all year oh. at Christmas. It was oh, lovely. So I literally sweet. love that woman. Really? Yeah. But I was just she catching was, up on the story of... a little fibre in your top pocket and no, say, no. buy yourself something nice? No, she didn't. You're a record token. A record token, a yeah. Book token, yeah. Get yourself an album. Yeah. yeah. One of mine. Yeah. Know <laughs> 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 what I mean? But isn't it the case that before she even made records, through her boyfriend... Alan Lomax. Yeah. She was touring, you know, oh, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the yeah. deep south of yeah. the United States she when was. she was about 19 yeah, was years 19, old or something. Yeah. She was, yeah. yeah. Going Younger around, discovering, you know, recording yeah. chain gang yeah. chants. Chain gangs and prisons and, and field hollers. found Mississippi yeah. Fred McDowell. Yeah, yeah, you know, this yeah. was a 19-year-old girl from Hastings yeah. or somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. In the 19th... 50s or yeah, yeah, 60s. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely mid, mid, extraordinary. Yeah. I know. It's absolutely astonishing. She was about 18 at the time. And she mm. was there with a kind of stop watching a clipboard and, you know, they're recording the timings and their yeah. uh, field excursions. Yeah. It's an amazing story. Yeah. It and is. didn't Graham Cox, did Graham Coxon sing a song? Yeah, he, he sang one of hers, actually. He did Claudie Banks, didn't he? He called the Oh, just as the tide was flowing. Just as the tide was turning. Just as the tide was flowing. flowing, which is from... I think a wonderful record called Shirley Collins and the Albion Band. And the Albion Band, yeah. yeah. Which came out on Mooncrest in about 1972. Yeah, yeah. Very good. That's a fantastic record. Yeah, yeah. it is. He was, Richard Thompson. He was, I tell you what, great speech. He did that song brilliantly. In fact, this is to Graham from Shirley. She wanted to say to him afterwards how much she loved his version, how brilliant she thought it was. She couldn't find him anywhere. So um, to Graham, they are message from Shirley. So Graham Coxon remembers hearing that in between kind of punk rock classics or yeah. whatever on John Peel. Yeah. Let me just predict that in 20 years' time, they won't be able to find a relatively young rock and roll whippersnapper to turn up at the Folk Awards and say, do you know, in between listening to kind of, you know, mm. the hives and, you know, yeah. the strokes... And you know, I heard the Copper family mm. because nobody does that nobody, anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, that's a good point yeah. because the reason he got Peel used, used to yeah. drop sure, that yeah. stuff Peel, in. Yeah. Peel did. I mean, I, I sat in on the uh, and did the John Peel show uh, for a couple of weeks when we went on holiday in the early eighties, and I couldn't believe how much stuff there was in the cupboards. Mm. And I was told I could play any old sessions I wanted to because they had to have a session every night. And I found all these extraordinary old Martin Carthy, incredible string band stuff. Mm. Pilly himself, I kept rather quiet about. Yeah. The string band, I don't believe I did actually. He said, Jenny, you loved that. Yeah. Oh, surely it's a mistake. But, uh, and, you know, that was part of the whole rich yeah, tapestry was. of what was, they did. Yeah, yeah, there was an important difference to the yeah. texture, wasn't it? Totally. That there would be something would appear remote. that came from outside yeah, the yeah. normal range of rock sound, mm. you know. Completely. The UK subs of it sounded even more fantastic, actually, when they just come in directly after an old John Martin. No, yeah. they never, never. No, I don't. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, let's not, let's not go fantastic. So all right, no, not. Well, However, let me choose someone else apart from the UK subs. Chelsea, on the other hand. Chelsea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, looking on YouTube, uh, talking of John Martin, looking on YouTube, uh, I can't think of a single artist who has been better served by a combination of Old Grey Whistle Test and YouTube than John Martin. Very, very well done. Because yeah. if you go back and just Google or whatever, look on YouTube, John Martin doing Spencer the Rover, yeah. May You Never, whatever, One Day Without You. And it, basically it's him and Danny Thompson yeah. through the, throughout the 1970s oh God, and the 80s. Him and, and Danny he is Thompson. sensational. Yeah. But you know what? He's also absolutely gorgeous. 
Oh, oh God. so great looking. Oh, yeah. before, <laughs> yes, he's, he's not an advert for the demon that? drink. No, no. Can I just ask you what state was uh, John Martin's beard in last night? Because isn't he a rocking uh, beard? Oh, yes, it's he is. It's well, it's trimmed. It's trimmed, yeah, but it's again, trim. not trimmed to the extent that he looks suspicious. No. He should be <laughs> presenting a, a you know, light entertainment television programme no. on Tuesday afternoon. Being trimmed yeah. in other respects. But talking to Danny Thompson, he's in other respects. He's been singed. He leant over a... But uh, Danny Thompson was hilarious because Danny, Danny Thompson, is, as you, I'm sure you all know, anyone listening, is it was a great string bass player. On the, you guys can't know. <laughs> on all these wonderful old folk records of the 60s yeah. and 70s. Still going, still working all the time. Yeah. And, and of course, Danny Thompson won the long distance medal, whatever it's called, the Lifetime Achievement Award last oh, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Martin was hilarious. He said, well, about time too. He looked at this <laughs> quizzically. He said, about time too. Because that'll put to the end to what's been happening to me for the last year, which is old Danny Thompson ringing me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. He says, oh, I've got one, and you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought it was a lovely idea. He said, for weeks I didn't know what he was even talking about. And I read in the paper he won this award. Yeah. It was so brilliant. It was very, he went very I said, so good. So I said, I'm finally I'm a celeb. I've, yeah. I've got this award. There was a pause. And you hear Danny Thompson's voice shouting out, Who are you? <laughs> 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 you can sort of tell why John Martin never became a superstar, though. If you look at those whistle test clips, because he plays and sings just beautifully. You know, yeah. he's an extraordinary musician yeah. at his best. Yeah. And there he is doing this wonderful, gentle, introspective number live in the Well, you say a gentle... And, and right at the end of it, just the, the last call is just fading away. You can hear him yelling... Where's the money? <laughs> but it's like I know we've talked about this before. But, you know, the whole idea of the people whose character, oh, you know, off stage is, is as far removed from the music they make as possible. Van Morrison is the best example. But John Martin, right? While we're on him, three things about John Martin in terms of the, the sheer self-evident physical damage this man has yeah. done to himself, right? Three things. One, he decided as an experiment once to see how long he could swim underwater for with his eyes shut. Do you know what happened, Dave? He hid his head on a rock. Really, really hard underwater. So that was a bad thing. <coughs> Two weeks later, Not he gets up on stage. He's up on stage to play, right? And he's on his way, walking up the stage, slips. He's had a scoop, as Rob would say. <laughs> slips, goes down, and breaks his ankle, right? He knows he's broken it. He knows he's broken it. So he goes on stage, plays the whole thing. What a troop, you know, biting on a bullet. Sitting on a stool, you know, he, he knows he's breaking it. It's swelling up like yeah, a balloon. Yeah. Like a fucking fool, like, like a pumpkin. <laughs> like a Popeye. Like a Popeye. Still with a trainer stuck roughly on the end of it. It's just enormous. <laughs> And he said, he's brilliant. He's saying, I'm praying, mate. I'm praying that they won't get an encore because he doesn't want an encore because he just can't stand the physical pain. And then uh, four weeks after that, I'm not making this up right, he's worked out a brilliant ruse for avoiding getting his collar felt by the law when coming back from a pub and he's had one over the odds, right? Which is braced basically all the time. He was living in Southern Ireland at the time. And he worked yeah. out a brilliant way to do it. Go to the pub and have a big old skinful, right? Get in the car, drive home down the old country lanes. But don't turn your lights on. It's not, <laughs> because if you don't turn your lights on, they won't see you. It's, really, it's a genius idea. Why has no one thought of it before? I'll tell you why I haven't thought of it before. The first time he tries it out, a fucking cow goes through, <laughs> heifer goes through his windscreen, right? He's driving along with 35 miles an hour saying, do you never <laughs> And a cow, a cow comes flying through his windscreen. Oh, God. Breaks the old boy's neck, has to have his neck in a brace around through his other cow is pretty hacked on about as well. Yeah. So it's an absolute disaster for cows, yeah. for folk singers, for the law, for, for everything. I'm, uh, I'm thinking here, I'm going to pitch this one to BBC Three, Crosby and Martin. 
There, <laughs> oh, yeah. Maverick folk singers. It's, and, it's uh, like Hope and Crosby. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the folk rock. Let's stop doing the road movies again. It's on the road to Morocco with David Crosby and John Martin. That's right. I pay with hilarious consequences. Just do it all with drug connotations all the way. Same same plots. Crosby's world where it all goes wrong. What a great show that would be. It would be terrific. Yeah. The Word, a magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life. Matt, how do we get talking this week? Or somebody was talking to me about rock deafness. <laughs> well, what brought that up? I've got that on my list of things to um, talk about. Rock deafness. I think it was the guy who uh, has been listening to 30-odd episodes of <laughs> He's the He's praying podcast. for rock deafness. <laughs> thinking it's really good. Yeah. But then Please, somebody said, on. we started talking about the loudest gigs. This is on the Facebook group, but we started talking about the loudest gigs. Oh, don't forget to join the Facebook group, yeah. Um, and mine was, um, I think, Killing Joke. Oh the, yes, at the Bath Pavilion, the, in, oh, yeah. rather bizarrely, the evening before Charles and Lady Diana got married. Oh right, uh, yeah, I can't. It was very and it's still strange. ringing in your ears now. Yeah, yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, spent the whole of the next day lying on the sofa, going. <laughs> Do you think the time will come, Mark, when we stop joking about rock deafness? Uh, why? Because we are rendered completely, you know, senseless ourselves, or, or, or what? I don't think we. Started, no joke for I don't think we've seen Pete Townsend on stage. Well, I've seen Pete Townsend performing in a perspex mm. series of baffles yes. around him. This isn't that funny. In fact, the no. saddest case of lot I met not very long ago is a wonderful guy called Roger Ruskin Spear, is a tenor saxophone mm. player with the mighty Bonzo Dog Doodah yeah. band. And Spear, um, and again, it may be in some way closely related to the fact that he was the uh, cherry bomb operative of the <laughs> Bonzos when they played the in the 1960s. He's forgotten in bands these days. Yeah, <laughs> d- d- yes. Health and safety. Health and safety. They used to go on stage to a series of gigantic explosions <laughs> engineered by Spear. Uh, you know, great exploding sort of, you know, robots and yeah. monsters and dummies and things like that. And the poor old lad's got kind of permanent bloody whistling in his ears. I mean, mm. it's not good, really. Well, Matt, you have, haven't you? I have, yeah. Have you? Yeah. I have. Seriously? Yeah. You got whistling in your ears? But the good yeah, thing I is, say loud whistling. Well, I mean, it sounds like what? A crashing tide? I mean, is, <laughs> how bad is it? No, the good thing is. <laughs> if I win. Surfs up. Surfs up. If you live in a city, you very rarely. Yeah, um, it's, hear it. it's when you go out into the country in the middle of the night that all of a sudden... No, no, Matt, that's the sound of the country, mate. Yeah. That's uh, what the country sounds like. No, it doesn't. It does. Well, uh, the whistling. It's the, it's the wind, the soft wind in the, in the leaves. Oh, right, okay. It's the sound Brilliant. of duck feathers on the wing. <laughs> but seriously. <laughs> Maybe not. No. You know, when you started damaging your hearing at the age of 17 or 16 or whatever, it was in big old headphones, pretty much like Matt's yeah. got on there, mm. you know. Whereas nowadays, people start damaging the hearing at about the age of 10 with headphones that go right oh, to your ears. Oh, you The ones I've got with these little rubber grommets oh, you know, on you. And they keep them on for oh, longer oh, than Oh, yeah, yeah. you also, drill those, them in so you can hear the Those things, I mean, those play, lots of those players now have uh, volume limitations on them. So they're not actually yeah, terribly loud. Yeah. Well, oh, right. you, the, be, you mentioned the BBC the, one, BBC Studios. BBC, BBC Studios around kind of around the mid eighties. Yes. Well, no, the early nineties when I started working uh, at the BBC um, permanently on, on contracts or whatever. Um, BBC have special uh, jacks on their headphones, which are GPO jacks, which are different from mm. commercially available jacks. The idea being that you can't nick the headphones because right. they don't go in anywhere oh, right. apart from BBC. Thought it through. Used to be anyway, but. Um, but these headphones you used to be able to obviously crank up really, really, really loud, loud. Really loud. <laughs> really loud, so loud that they bleed out onto the microphone and feedback. Um, and then at one point, probably the very first health and safety person employed by the BBC. <laughs> first of thousands. Said, yeah. Had a field day. This might not be very wise. Yeah. Yeah. So then you had to all take your headphones 
and get them fitted with a limiter. Get them um, circumcised. But there was, there, <laughs> there, there was a trade in, in uh, illegal headphones. Yeah, you could still get it. That you could, that, um, yeah, yeah. You know, they got Hardcore. Hardcore. Give us Hardcore. a pair of the loud ones. So you could really, really... Yeah, the bass response. Well, so, you know, uh, the other person, of course, who suffered very badly from that is uh, Andy Partridge. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, recently, very yeah. Do you know the story of Andy Parr? It's only recently. He's got a little studio down in his uh, garden in Swindon. It's a little studio about uh, 12 foot by 6. It's like an old porter cabin, actually. Yeah. Uh, garden shed type thing. And he's got an engineer and uh, a lot of equipment in there. And the engineer's fed through some playback to him. And, uh, yeah, it was incredible volume. Something had gone wrong. Oh, hit a really? button. Yeah. So the thing was sent through oh, at the most... Oh. And he's still... Suffering from this yeah. now. Oh, poor Andy. Yeah, I mean, really yeah. terrible thing. No, I just wonder if it'll be one of those things that, you know, like 20 years ago, you never would have thought smoking would have been looked down on the way it's looked down yeah. on oh, yeah. now. You know, you just wonder whether, yeah. whether volume will go but the I'm same. But I'm sure anybody listening has been to, been to a concert where you, you can actually feel, feel hardly take a breath. Mm. Yeah. Because the compression on your ribcage is so great. You can't, you can't, it's actually just... I'm wondering you know, whether that actually happens anymore, because I can remember yes. doing... Does it? We, I can remember well, blur. blurred. You know, oh, blur oh, yeah, no, no, but I mean... I mean, I, the story. I remember. I can remember seeing. I can remember that definitely that a band, ten or fifteen years ago. But now, no, this was a couple of years ago. Was it? Yeah, three I went years to. Ago. I went to the, see the Jar Shaka sound system once. No. Yes! Upstairs, upstairs <laughs> at the garage, <laughs> and I was stood talking. Upstairs to, at the garage yeah. in Kenny's town. Yeah, and I was. Cool. I've actually played that. Oh, thing. fantastic! Yeah. It's kind of got, it's half timber, isn't yeah. it? So, and I was standing in the Amazing. middle of the, of the of the dance floor talking to a friend, drinking a beer, and two <laughs> minutes later looked up to realise that the bass had actually moved me about <laughs> <laughs> like 10 yards across the floor. No. Yeah. Send you home. Yeah. Your mate's still over there. That's brilliant. We were in completely another part of the room, but um, we hadn't actually moved. <laughs> just, you've just been vibrating across the your, floor. Uh, t- by Jar Shaka. Does it cause waves in your pint of lager? Yeah. Your remember. thing about Roger Ruskin Spear just made me think briefly of um, people in bands who have... Who had People who have particular jobs in bands that not many other people have, and it reminded me of something the Folk Awards. Go on. Our great mate Rachel Unthank. Oh, yeah! Now, Rachel Unthank, who won an award for Best Traditional Song, I think. Which is right. supposed to be a very good record, it's though. Very good. Never yeah, heard no, they're record. very, very good indeed. We like them very much. Yeah. Well, yes, we did. Um, it's all girls, isn't it, Rob? It's, there's, Eight there, girls. I think they're, 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 girls, they're brilliant. They have a token bloke. Yeah, they do, yeah. yeah there are quite a few groups to, to you be fair. Like token 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 <laughs> yeah, but the, the Zootons has been quite a good example, I think. Yeah. But the, uh, they have a, a token bloke. They have, they have like eight, course, like eight course, fabulous yeah. girls in cocktail dresses. What's that, yeah, like the course. What's that joke about? Oh, the guy, of course, he used to go up to the, to the microphone and say, I'm the, I'm the only guy in Europe who doesn't fancy the course. Because he's a core, isn't he? But uh, no, that Rachel Unthank and Winterset consist of eight very, very good-looking girls in, in cocktail dresses, yeah. and this oh, geezer are tugging away on a ball <coughs> fiddle yeah, in the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, yeah. uh, amongst their lineup, they count a girl whose main job it seems to me is to tap dance. She's a tap dancer. Oh, no, you know good. she's great, and she just sits there, just clicking away. They give her a microphone yeah. she doesn't use. She just, she just, um, she does. She tap. She's the rhythm. Imagine she's if her rhythm, and Roger Ruskin Spear got a band together that was just cherry bombs and tap dancing. Now that well, Larry Spears, they could get Jed from Howard. Jones, mime artist, they could, you could, you oh, could you build it up. Yeah, People only yeah. do one thing. What's Nothing the guy musical. from the Stone Roses didn't do anything at all? A name like Jezza. Ren, uh, well, you know Rennie. Rennie. No, Rennie was no, the Manny. No, that was the best. Bobo. The member. Listen, at this point, at this point Cressa. in the podcast. Cressa is right. Well done. Cressa it is. drummed out of the early 90s. I don't remember that one. Gentlemen, it's traditional at this point that we... we as we do on every podcast, 
Was it about Phil Collins, though? The horror. <laughs> <laughs> Am I ahead of you here? The horror. The horror. Just tell me, we haven't, we haven't covered this one, and it's only a short one. Go on. But it is a great one. Go on. Do I know it? Which is that Phil Collins, you know, has been quite, I think it's fair to say, been quite active on the marriage front oh, over, yeah. over it. You know, it's a packed romantic career. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And um, He's almost got a lick now. I think he's had two or three dry runs in it. <laughs> I think he's, he's really got the hang of it now. Making it work. Go on, and yeah. uh, like many, you know, when he was building his, his career in Genesis, he's spending an awful lot of time away from home. Mm. Uh, and uh, with the result that relations became somewhat strained between him and his first wife. You know, our, our careers took different paths, as yeah. people always say on those press releases or whatever. And uh, I hated her. Guys. And <laughs> they they drifted apart. And the story goes that she became enamoured oh, yeah. of the of the man who was doing up their house mm. at the time when yep. Phil was away on tour. This is a true story. <clears throat> and the only and so they split up and so forth. The only reference that Phil made to this, other than the fact that his first solo albums are all about the, the pain of, you know, yeah. a parting, the only reference was that when he went on Top of the Pops in 1981 to sing his, you know, world-busting smash yeah. in the air tonight, he sat there at a piano, and on the top of the piano was a pot of paint. That's right, and a paintbrush. And a paintbrush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good work. Good work from Colin. But it was... <laughs> <laughs> what's funny about that? <laughs> what's funny about that's that so is that this though. guy was... Uh, you know, he, he gave the impression that, the, the, that his wife had gone off with a painter and decorator. Yeah. <laughs> because in fact he'd gone off with an interior decorator. Yeah, totally rather different. Thing, yeah. Which is not like, you know, the sort of person that a wife does go off with. Grand design. Yes. <laughs> you know, this guy had come round to kind of... Uh, you re 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 kind of point and reconceive their entire house, yes. you know, a massive pile somewhere, yeah. you know. Uh, but I love the idea that this is reduced to simply a pot of paint yes. and a paint. <laughs> yes. As if he'd come around to slap a bit of silk finish on the bathroom wall. You know? But the, the other interesting thing, which I discovered through trawling YouTube, is at the end of the 80s, they did a special Top of the Pops with all the hits of the 80s and got loads of stars in mm. again. And Phil came in again and played... In the air tonight, it's yeah. one of the huge hits of the 80s. Are you trying to tell me he brought that old paintbrush? He brought the paintbrush. Oh, and he brought the paintbrush. It still rankled. There yeah. it is. Yeah. At least he got over it then. He'd yeah. risen above it though. He'd <laughs> yeah. seen the funny side of it. Yeah. That's the good yeah. thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, weirdly, coincidentally, if I can plug uh, the Mighty Word magazine, <laughs> this piece is published in our new issue, which comes out in about a week's time. Uh, in a very entertaining piece, I think, uh, whose headline is May Divorce Be With You. Do you see, <laughs> you see? Do you see what we did? I don't understand. May Divorce Be With You. Mm. Steve Harley would think that was hilarious. Yeah, was Come on. Can we go too fast for you, Rob? Keep up. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.